0: the light shine among us his glory revealed. living he loved me dying he saved me buried he carried my sins far away One day they led him up Calvary's mountain. One day they nailed him to die on a tree. Suffering anguish, despised and rejected. Bearing our sins, my Redeemer is He. Hands that healed nations, stretched out on a tree. Took the nails for me. One day the grave could conceal him no longer. One day the stone rolled away from the door. Then he arose over death he had conquered. Now is ascended, my Lord, evermore. Death could not hold him. The grave could not keep him from rising again. he carried my sin far away. Rising he justified freely forever. One day he's coming, oh glory
1: Uh, two, one through three. Uh thus the heavens and the earth and all the host of them were finished. And on the seventh day God ended his work which he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had done. Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because in it he rested from all the work that which God had created and made. Amen. Wanna welcome everyone. Uh, welcome to the uh, Marshfield Seventh Day Adventist Church. I'm so delighted that you're all here. Um, thank you so much. Big thank you to everyone who's participated in the service thus far. This was Jeff's first time doing announcements as a, as an elder in the church, and so I uh, really appreciate him doing the welcome and and all those things, doing the announcements. Thank you so much to. Angela, for stepping in to do that children's story. I gained a blessing from that children's story. If only we all treated people, another person, as if they were Jesus. How much different would our lives be? How much different would their life be if we treated everyone as if the Messiah was with us all the time? I love that. So thank you so much. And that special music was wonderful. Thank you so much for putting the time and effort and putting your heart and soul into that song. That was beautiful. Thank you so much. Um, We are going to begin. Uh, uh, First, I've got to say a huge praise. This was my first, you know, we had camp meeting, and then I had a week or so off. uh, Not off, but... um, And then I had, I transitioned, I did, I was the tween camp pastor this week. It was my first time ever doing anything like that, where you're doing a series, uh, uh, working with the kids and it was a great blessing. I really enjoyed it. Uh, we, uh, it was a lot of fun. Uh, and so many kids made decisions for baptism. 33 kids came forward for the call to be baptized. And um, we were already, I was already doing Bible studies um, with Francis and Eli, and our last Bible study together was kind of like, hey, let's just, we're just ready to set a date, but we're coming to camp meeting, let's wait till after camp meeting, and then we'll do that. Well, she was there for tween camp, and she answered the call, and she wanted to be baptized yesterday with uh, several other of her uh, fellow campers. And so, thankfully. Um, uh, they were able her parents were able to come, and we were able to uh do the baptism, but we have several we have so- God is you know so great because we had a camp meeting and and uh Christabel and Bethany were baptized there and and we're just we 're just enjoying a season of baptisms right now. We have a few more coming up um we have Eli and Claire has made a decision for baptism they 're getting baptized soon. Um, I need to pick up studies. I had started studies with Jamie before the school year was out. We need to pick those back up. It's just been a a weird summer stuff going on, and transition, and I've been out of town, and and so those have been on hold, but we're going to get back into normal life, I think, here soon. So uh, anyway, big welcome to everyone. I'm starting a sermon series on the Sabbath. We're going to peel back different layers of the Sabbath, what it means for us um today i have got to lay a foundation though in this foundation most of you are all very well aware of but in order for me to move on to my next ideas and my next points i've got to lay this foundation Uh, it's very much more of a bible study format Um, and so rick i forgot to mention this but i'm going to be asking for i'm going to be reading several texts and i would like it if i could get some audience participation so if i could have a roving mic at some point that would be great um so take your pick thank you sir uh, i can always count on rick thank you guys so much um, for all that you do but let's go ahead and pray and we'll get into our sermon I'll, and uh we'll go from there kind father in heaven thank you so much for this day thank you so much for this wonderful sabbath thank you so much for beautiful day that it is. And dear God, as we are entering into our sermon time, I pray for your spirit to please be with us, to guide us as we're going through this study on Sabbath. And we just pray for your spirit to draw us closer to you, help us to understand you more fully. And just as we're laying the foundation for this series, I just pray for, um, Lord, it's for some people, it's information they've known their whole life. And for others, it might be new. And so I just pray that somehow you would Give us new insight today. We love you, Lord. We, we thank you, and we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so as I said, we're going through this sermon series. Uh, I'm be- just beginning today, so I'm going to be painting with very broad strokes. We're going to go through the Bible today, and we're going to cover several verses. Uh, so I was going to be asking for some audience participation, and uh, it's going to be fun. But as I said, it's more of a, a little bit more of a Bible study format than a sermon. All right, let's start in our, our scripture reading where Matthew read for us in Genesis chapter 2. So turn there with me if you're not there already. Genesis chapter 2. Genesis chapter 2 is right after Genesis chapter 1, right? 1, then 2. What happened in 1? Can anybody tell me what happened in Genesis chapter 1? The creation week, right? And how did that creation occur? How did it happen? What did God do? He spoke, right? He kept speaking and things kept happening. So God said, "Let there be light." There was light. God said, "Let the let there be a firmament. Let there be air." And there was there was firmament. God said, "Let the plants come forth." God said, "Let the animals, let the let the sea be filled with animals and fish of all different kinds." So God spoke and all these things happen. So we find in Genesis chapter 1, we find a creator God who speaks and whatever he says happens. He has uh, a creative power in his word alone. And we find out that he's a very benevolent, loving creator. He made all of this for Adam and Eve. They were the culmination of his creation on day 6. And he's giving it to them. And then let's move into Genesis chapter 2. What does he do after that? Genesis chapter 2, verses 1 and through 3, the Bible says, Thus the heavens and the earth and the, all the host of them were finished. And on the seventh day, God ended his work which he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had done. Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because in it he rested from all his work which he had created and made. So all week long, God is speaking, and that thing, whatever he's speaking, is happening. Then on the seventh day, he does something different. He says, the seventh day is different. It is blessed. It is sanctified. What does it mean when it's sanctified? It's set apart for a holy use. It's not like all the other days. It's different. There's a blessing on it. And God didn't want us to be confused about which day was the Sabbath. How many times does he say it in those verses, which day it is? Three times. It's not any other day. You know, this creation account, there's a reason that the Bible begins with creation. Okay? The Bible begins with creation because that's what gives God the foundation or the authority to say anything after that. Okay? So only the Creator can say what something is for. What it's not for. He said the seventh day is different. He said he created all these things. His word has creative power. So if the creator says the seventh day is different, it's holy, it's blessed, it's sanctified. Everything else happened exactly as he said. So I'm taking him at his word that the seventh day is different. Okay? The Sabbath is a different day. And only the creator can say that. Whatever he says happens. Okay? Because he's the creator, only he can say what something is for and what it's not for. That's why the Bible begins with creation. It's what gives him the right. It's what gives him the authority. Okay? And we'll get into that. It's what gives him the authority to say what's moral behavior, what's immoral behavior. Imagine if we came from nothing. And all of a sudden, this being just pops on the scene and says, hey, you need to do this, you need to do that don't do that, who's he? What authority does he have over me? Nothing, okay? So his creative ability, the fact that he made everything, gives him the right and authority to say what something is for and what it's not for. And I believe in his creative ability, and I believe, and I want, since I know that I was created in his image, I want to be in harmony with him. I want to live in a way that brings glory and reflects the creator. Okay? <clears throat> he didn't leave it to us to just pick a day. He was very specific. We can't just pick a day as our holy day, because if I say something is holy, does that make it holy? No, it doesn't do anything to it, but some nice words describing it, but it doesn't make it anything. But when the Creator says something is holy, that means it's holy, because whatever He says happens. He has creative ability. The seventh day was Adam and Eve's first full day as created beings. And it was spent walking with God. And I imagine him explaining all that he had just made using words. I just created all this for you. This is for you. We find in Genesis chapter 1 a creator that has power in his word, but also that he's a very loving, benevolent creator. He said, I made all this for you. I'm giving it to you at the end of the, the day of rest, this, this uh, Genesis chapter 2, like the Hebrew is kind of indicating that he rested and he was refreshed in a way that he kind of exhaled. He kind of caught his breath. He was, he was satisfied. Okay, And the Creator, God didn't need to rest, but he gave it to us to be a blessing to us. Okay, Whatever God blesses, it's a blessing because his presence is there. So God's blessing is his presence, and that's what makes it holy. That's what makes it different. He didn't need the rest, but he gave the day to humanity as a blessing to cease from their labor, to enjoy their day with their creator. It's a physical, mental, and spiritual renewal. We ultimately know that humanity failed. They failed to trust God's word. I wish they had distrusted God. I wish that um, they had just stayed the course. But we know that they failed. And we know that now it's, it's very difficult for human beings to trust God's word. And we, we, we struggle with that. We struggle with trusting God. I still struggle at times when God is calling asking me to do something. That's very much part of my journey where I'm like, Lord, this doesn't make, I've given my testimony. Lord, this doesn't make sense to me, so I don't want to do it. Okay, but he's asking me to trust him and trust his, his will and his plan and his logic. So human beings, we struck, struggle with that. So let's fast forward about 2,500 years in the Bible. And so we've established that on the seventh day, God blessed it. He sanctified it. He set it apart for a holy use. He's the creator. He's the only one that can say what anything is for and what it's not for. Let's go to Exodus chapter 20. I'm going to ask for a reader this time. We're going to take a little trip through the Bible and try to be... So Exodus chapter 20, humanity's been suffering under the weight of sin for 2,500 years. God's people are have been enslaved now at this point for about 400 years. God comes. This is when Israel is coming out of Egypt. This is, this is for most of you know, this is the chapter, that Exodus chapter 20 is what contains commandments and so this is God's commandments to them he said this is part of my covenant with you I delivered you I made you Um, and so as they're coming out God lays this down and he says I'm the Lord your God that brought you out of the land of Egypt and he gives them these commandments would somebody please read for me Exodus chapter 20 verses 8 through 11 Exodus chapter 20 verses 8 through 11 any volunteers to read? Right behind you. Okay, somebody's up here. Thank you. Thank you, Angela.
0: Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your the God of, of the Lord your God. In it you shall do no work. You, nor your son, nor your daughter, nor your male servant, nor your female servant, nor your cattle, nor your stranger who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them, and rested the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it.
1: Amen. Thank you so much. What does God hearken back to as his reason for telling them to remember the Sabbath? What is the reason being that he wants them to. What, what is the authority, or what is the um, the basis? Creation again. He's the creator. He's saying, "Worship me. Worship on this day. This is the sign between you and me. I am the creator, and as you observe it, as you uh, you know, you participate in this day with me, you are showing your allegiance to me." And we'll get into more of the sign aspect of it in a future but he hearkens back to creation again that's what gives him the authority or the right to be worshiped it's the only thing if we worship anything else that's been created it's less than the creator that's what god was pleading with israel all the time why are you worshiping stone and wood why are you doing that he's like worship i'm the one who made all that stuff Uh, we just went through the story of jonah uh, this week for uh, our tween camp. And Jonah, when the sailors are asking him, who's your God? Where, why are you here? And he's like, I worship the God who made everything. They're calling out to their gods to stop the, the sea from its raging. And he's like, I worship the God who made the, the earth and the sea. He He worships the God who made everything. Um, the one who has the authority to stop the ocean and its, its wind from uh, raging that day, and God did. <clears throat> um, I jumped ahead of myself. But, uh, so anyway, hearkening back to creation. God is the creator. So the Bible is a book that's telling us about our creator and the fact that we are designed in his image. And if we want to be in harmony with him, this is who he is. That he's showing us who he is and what he ex- is expecting, what, what he is. And he's saying, if you, if you want me to come and save you, I'll, I'll, I'll live in you and live out my life in you as well. Uh, this part, actually, this is interesting. Because in Exodus chapter 20, he begins it with saying, not only he's our creator, but now he's our redeemer. He said, I am the one who who pulled you out of Egypt. I am the one who delivered you. So not only he's our deliverer, he's our, he's our savior, but he's also hearkening back to creation. I've made you, and now I'm delivering you from Egypt. I'm delivering you from slavery. I'm delivering you from sin. God is our savior and our redeemer. We serve a mighty God. We serve a good God. He didn't leave us to ourselves. He could have abandoned us and just said, well, you've, you made your bed. You can lay in it. He didn't do that. From the time that we sinned in the garden, God gave us a promise. He said, life is going to be tough, but a Savior is going to come. He's going to rescue you from your sins so that you can live eternally again. You can live with me once again. And then God is going to remake everything for us to have it once again. I, sometimes I question God's, what he, it's like, Lord, we messed it up really bad once. Are you sure you want to give it all back to us again? But he he knows what he's doing. I trust him at this point. He, is, he knows what he's doing. So anyway, um, in the law, I wanted to continue in this, uh, you know, God being the creator, only he can say what something is for, what it's not for, what's good behavior, what's moral behavior, what's immoral behavior. Um, when God was outlining, if you remember this, when God was outlining um, the animals, what animals are clean and unclean in Leviticus chapter 11, God, um, he made them, so only he can say what they're for, what they're not for. And we often equate the eating of unclean meats with, well, they're they're so bad for you. You know, they're, they're, there's trichinosis, there's, there's tapeworms, there's all kinds of stuff in it. We have logical reasons for why we don't eat those things, right? God did say that he didn't make it about health whatsoever god said he said when he said i don't i made you i delivered you is at this point in this language in the law he's saying i delivered you okay he's saying this is what's good this is what's bad this you can eat this you cannot eat he said don't eat these these are an abomination to me he says and you are to be holy as i am holy For God, it was about holiness. It wasn't about health. It was about you are to be, I am holy, and you are to be like me. It was about holiness. We've made it about health because that's what makes sense to us. Because we don't understand the holiness thing. We don't understand that holiness aspect. But for God, it was about holiness. I've delivered you. I've saved you. So you are going to be like me. Only the Creator can say these things. Let's continue on. All right. You can say, but Pastor, uh, we're going to go quickly through the next few. But Pastor, these are all Old Testament texts. You know, we hear about being New Testament Christians. We don't need to follow that old Creator. I'll call it Creator stuff. Many people call it Jewish things. I'm like, "What, what Jew was in the Garden of Eden? What Jew was there when God said, this day is for this reason. It's all, this is all. Faith is about trusting God's word. It's about taking him at his word and depending on his word only. That's what faith is. So that's why I believe that Jesus is coming soon. I believe that Jesus is coming back and because the Bible says that he is. Jesus said, if I go... I will come again. I will make a place for you and I will return and I will take you to be with me where I am. We're just waiting for that. I'm depending on that. I believe that that's what Jesus is doing. He's finishing up his work and he's going to come save us when the time is right. He's going to come rescue us, right? So some people say this is Old Testament stuff. We don't need to adhere to this anymore. So let's read some in the New Testament. Let's read, uh, let's read what Jesus did on the Sabbath. Read Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4, verse 16. Let's try to race through these next few. Luke four sixteen. Could I have a hand? Any volunteers to read? Luke, Luke chapter 4, verse 16. Right here. Thank you, Donna. And he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And as was his custom, he entered the synagogue on the Sabbath and stood up to read. All right, so this is Jesus' custom. What does it mean that this is custom? Sorry? Yeah, it's something you do all the time. When you have a family custom, it's something that you do regularly. It's a normal thing for you. So Jesus goes into the synagogue. So the plea today is, well, we honor a different day in honor of the resurrection of Jesus. So, of course, Jesus kept the Sabbath, right? He had to. He was a, he was, if, he, if he didn't keep the Sabbath, then he would be a sinner just like you and me. If he didn't observe, then then we're all lost. We're all hopeless if Jesus didn't do that. Well, let's see what the New Testament church was doing. What are they doing in Acts chapter 13? What is the New Testament church doing? Are they observing a different day? Have they they deviated from what the Creator said? Have they? Let's find out. Acts chapter 13. Acts 13, uh, a reader, 42 to 44. This is the New Testament church. We're New Testament Christians. Acts chapter 13. 42 to 44. Yes, thank you, Christabel. You're a great reader. Thank you. the verse? 42. What was
2: the verse?
1: Acts 13, uh, 42 to 44.
2: So when the Jews went out of the synagogue, then Gentiles begged that these words might be preached to them next the next Sabbath. Now then, the congregation had to. Bro- broken. broken up many of the Jews and de- oh, devoured devout. Pra- pra- pra-
1: proselytes.
2: proselytes fouled Paul and Barn- Barnabas. Barnabas who Mm, speaking to them, pers- persuaded them. them to continue in the grace of God.
1: Thank you so much, Christabel. So the New Testament church, it included another word in there. Who else? Not just the Jews. Who else? Proselytes. Who else? Gentiles. These are all people that are being engrafted in, the Bible says. Paul says that we are engrafted branches into the church of God. God shows us who he is and, and asks the, the Jewish nation to preach for him. They unfortunately didn't do that, and now we're all being engrafted into that same God tree. And um, so, anyway, what we're seeing in the New Testament verse, thus far, we're going to read more, and there's a lot more beyond what I'm going to read today, what I have time to read today. Um, we're seeing Jews, Greeks, everybody, and they're meeting on the Sabbath. And the Bible says the next week that they, they begged that the words might be preached to them on the next Sabbath. And the Sabbath was referring to the seventh day Sabbath. The Bible doesn't know another Sabbath. And so, um, Vicky, would you mind reading Acts seventeen two for us? Acts
2: seventeen two.
1: Yes. Again, this is the New Testament church.
0: Then Paul, as his custom was, went in to them, and for the three Sabbaths reasoned with them from the Scriptures.
1: Paul had a custom, too. What was his custom on Sabbath? Go worship God, right? And he's reasoning with them. He's teaching. He's reasoning with the people on Sabbath, on the seventh-day Sabbath, right? Creation, his word doesn't change. God's word doesn't need to change. So, um, the issue is, as you know, that the devil made what what God made to be good, the devil often tries to turn it into something bad. And so the Jewish nation had made up so many rules surrounding Sabbath that you could only walk so many steps, that you could only do this. You couldn't do that, and you couldn't do whatever. And Jesus comes along, he said, the Sabbath was made for man. It was meant to be a blessing to you, not the other way around, not man for the sabbath where you're just you're just living being dictated by all these little small rules. So the devil made it so such a burden for the people that they were welcoming of some free fun day later on. They were like, "Yeah, we want to distance ourselves from the Jews. We don't want to be associated with that." And so it was perfect perfectly lined up where he pushed the pendulum so far one way do we see him doing this still where he pushes the pendulum really far one way so that people are just like oh my word i can't take this anymore and so when he steps back and lets it go the people are just like yes we want this way over here and so he's playing the same game today he does it is he doesn't have to change his tactics because people die off all the time and he can start he doesn't have to change anything right and so um Anyway, uh, in the time of the Jews, by the time the New Testament church, the Christian church, post-Acts, post all this, second, third century, they're like, we want to distance ourselves from the Jews. We don't want to be affiliated with this. So, hey, what? What? we got a great idea. Jesus resurrected on the first day of the week. We'll just observe that as our holy day. Does it make it holy because some people decided it was a good idea? Does it make it holy because some people decided it was a good idea? No. The only thing that makes it holy is if God says it's holy or not. That's the only thing that makes it holy. If the Creator, our Creator who made us, says it's holy, then it's holy. If it's not, it's not. Okay? All right. The Bible shows us from Genesis, going all the way back to Genesis, Exodus, the, the life of Jesus, and the life of the New Testament church. If we were to go read Revelation, we would find out that at the end of time, God's people keep his commandments. We, we read the commandments, part of the commandments. The Sabbath is part of the commandments of God. It's part of our worship. It's showing our worship to our creator God. That's what he hearkens back to. He points back to creation, Right? And so when we're observing that, we see it in Genesis, we see it in Exodus, we see it all through the Old Testament, we see it in the New Testament, we see at the end of time in Revelation that the people who have a relationship with God are still walking in harmony with His will, His will as expressed in His commandments. That's His desire for us. That's what shows that we we actually worship Him, He's living in us, and we're seeing His life manifested in His followers. They have the faith of Jesus, and they keep the commandments of God. That's what we see in Revelation chapter 14, 12. We read that for our, our, um, our call to worship this morning, Revelation twelve seventeen. Here are those that have the testimony of Jesus. They keep the commandments of God, and they have the testimony of Jesus, right? Commandments of God, faith of Jesus, they go hand in hand. All right, so we see it from Genesis to Revelation, what day the Sabbath is. It was meant to be a, a blessing for human beings. It was meant to be from the, the get-go. It was meant to be a day of worship, spending time with God, spending time with our family, reflecting on creation. I love that. I love those points from creation that that story brought out also as well for our children's story, that when, this, when the lake was perfectly still and clear, It reflected the rays of the sun. But when it was tumultuous, when there's lots of stuff going on inside the lake, it's not reflecting the light of the sun anymore. And so these things from nature, we're supposed to learn from nature. Nature is God's second Bible to us. It's showing us who we are. It's showing us who he is. It's showing us that he's a God of order. He's not a God of disorder. And finally, we'll go to one more text together. Let's end with Isaiah 66, 22 and 23. Last one. Might be, I don't know if it's my favorite, but it might be. Isaiah 66, 22 and 23. Genesis, Exodus, New Testament church, the life of Jesus, the life of Paul in in Revelation. We're going to find out that the Sabbath is even going to continue beyond the second coming of Jesus Christ. Isaiah 66, 22 and 23. Who wants to read that for us? Yes, thank you so much. Uh, Alex, thank you. Uh, Isaiah 66:22 and 23. Yes. For as the new heavens and the new earth, which I may will make, shall remain before me, saith the Lord, so shall your seed and your name remain, and it shall come to pass that from one new moon to another and from one Sabbath to another shall all flesh come to worship before me, saith the Lord. Amen. Where is this taking place? The new heaven and the new earth. It says from one Sabbath to another and from one new moon to another, all flesh will come and worship before me. Only those, only those who worship the creator here and now are going to want to worship the creator there, Right? Only those who worship the Creator here and now and observe what He says is holy and what it's not holy are going to be in that place and will continue worshiping together. <clears throat> Only the Creator can say what something is for, what it's not for. We will even experience the Sabbath and the new heaven and the new earth. This blessing, this sign between us and our Creator will continue into further creation of the new earth. Today we've unpacked what day the Sabbath is. Why it can only be the day that the Creator prescribes. And it was meant to be a blessing for human beings. It was not meant to be a a horrible, arduous day of just do's and don'ts. It was meant to be a day to be enjoyed. God wants to give us rest. Do you remember that's what Pharaoh was complaining about when, when, um, when Moses came to deliver them? He says, you're making the people to rest. I want them to work every single day. You're making them rest because we serve a God who loves us and wants us to have rest. He wants us to rest in Him. And that that resting in Jesus continues beyond just a holy day of rest. Our resting in Jesus, we're going to peel back some more layers of what it means, resting in Jesus. What the Sabbath rest means means beyond just the day, okay? The day is still sanctified, still special. It's not going anywhere because God said so, right? But there are other layers of our rest in Jesus that we're going to continue to peel back and uncover as we go through this series. How many want to experience all the blessings that God intended for us through the Sabbath, okay? Uh, That's a lot of people. I, I praise God for that. Let's pray together and ask for his presence to continue in our lives. Kind Father in heaven, thank you so much for the blessing of the Sabbath. Thank you so much for the blessing. Thank you so much for preserving your word for us, that we still have it, that we can still look back and find out where we came from, why we're here, and where we're going. And we can find out about your character, and that we were designed to reflect that character. Help us, dear God, to treat everyone like we would treat Jesus. Help us to, to, Lord, enter into a real relationship with you in which we want to do the things that you want us to do. Help us to, Lord, help us to love you first and foremost in our lives. We know that these other things, when we love Jesus, Jesus says, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. That's part of having a loving relationship with Jesus and part of the commandments is our showing our allegiance to our Creator. Not only our Creator, but He's our Redeemer. He's our Savior. He's the one who made a way for us. Even when we we pushed and we rejected Him. Thank you so much for being a loving God. And that even while we were yet we were enemies of you, you still died for us. Thank you, Lord. And we just pray for your spirit to, to continue to be with us, work in our hearts and minds, mold us and shape us, help us to be more like you. Help us to walk in newness of life in a way that reflects the love of Jesus. We thank you. We pray for your spirit to be with us as we go out from this place. And please also, Lord, bless the, and be with our fellowship this afternoon. We thank you and we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.